Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 64 Hear my voice, O God, in my complaint. Preserve my life from the dread enemy. Hide me from the secret plots of the wicked, from the scheming of evildoers who wet their tongues like swords, who aim bitter words like arrows, shooting from ambush at the blameless. They shoot suddenly and without fear. They hold fast to their evil purpose. They talk of laying snares secretly, thinking, Who can see us? Who can search out our crimes? We have thought out a cunningly conceived plot. For the human heart and mind are deep, but God will shoot his arrow at them. They will be wounded suddenly. Because of their tongue, he will bring them to ruin. All who see them will shake with horror. Then everyone will fear. They will tell what God has brought about and ponder what he has done. Let the righteous rejoice in the Lord and take refuge in him. Let all the upright in heart glory. Ezekiel chapter 32, verses 1 through 10. In the twelfth year, in the twelfth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Mortal, raise a lamentation over Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and say to him, You consider yourself a lion among the nations, but you are like a dragon in the seas. You thrash about in your streams, trouble the water with your feet, and foul your streams. Thus says the Lord God, In an assembly of many peoples I will throw my net over you, and I will haul you up in my dragnet. I will throw you to the ground in the open field, I will fling you. And I will cause all the birds of the air to settle on you, and I will let the wild animals of the earth gorge themselves with you. I will strew your flesh on the mountains and fill the valleys with your carcass. I will drench the land with your flowing blood up to the mountains, and the watercourses will be filled with you. When I blot you out, I will cover the heavens and make their stars dark. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon shall not give its light. All the shining lights of the heavens I will darken above you and put darkness on your land, says the Lord God. I will trouble the hearts of many peoples, as I carry you captive among the nations, in the countries you have not known. I will make many peoples appalled at you. Their kings shall shudder because of you. When I brandish my sword before them, they shall tremble every moment for their lives, each of them, on the day of your downfall. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verses 37 through 43. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met them. Just then, a man man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is only a child. Suddenly, a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, 
you faithless and perverse generation. How much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and came and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. Good morning and welcome to the third Wednesday after Pentecost. The um, the reading for this morning follows um, uh, the 64th Psalm, which we've been reading, um, a selection from the prophets and then this um, short passage from the Gospel of Luke. It's kind of surprising. Um, there's a few places where Jesus kind of doesn't seem all that nice. Um, some of them that spring to mind are, you know, the, the cleansing of the temple when, um, he, you know, just after Palm Sunday, he goes up and he turns tables and gets upset at people changing money and selling shit in um, a place of worship. Um, another one is uh, the Syrophoenician woman who he refuses to heal. And she says, don't even dogs eat the scraps that fall from the master's table. The master being Israel and the dog being this uh, woman who's uh, looked down upon by the Jews for um, just being of a different but kind of weirdly related culture like the Samaritans. Um, And this one this morning, um, again, seems like Jesus had just woke up on the wrong side of the bed. this man says, hey, um, please look at my son. He's my only child. I think I misread that a little bit. Um, there's something wrong with him. He has seizures. He foams at the mouth. He's screaming. Um, your students, I asked to rid him of this um, possession, this demon, and they could not do it. And so this guy's desperate. You know, it's his only, only child. It's a son, so that, and that's important at the time. We don't know if he's a Jew or a Gentile or or what. Um, and Jesus' answer is like, dude, calm the fuck down. He said, you faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? And this is in Luke 9. This is early. Like, we aren't even in double digits as far as chapters in Luke. Um, and what isn't contained in the reading and makes it all the more like kind of what the fuck kind of moment is this passage follows immediately after Luke's description of the transfiguration. In fact, that's the mountain that they have just come down from the first line of that passage. Um, and they, he comes down and there's this great crowd waiting. Um, and maybe he's tired, I don't know, but of all times you'd think the transfiguration when he's receiving and being kind of transmogrified into, um, mysteriously into maybe the third person of the Trinity, um, you'd think he'd be kind of, you know, coming into his own and we think of him as like uh, this um, gentle shepherd and it's like he's openly saying, I don't want to be here. (laughs) How long do I have to bear with all of you? Um, And it made me think of 
put me down this morning because it's, it's, I'm just tired. Woke up particularly early. Um, and as surprising as Jesus' response is, it kind of was reassuring because every, it's, it's all right to be a little cantankerous sometimes. Um, that's one of the things that I appreciate about my military service is that it taught me a different kind of form or or dimension of friendship that I didn't learn from the civilian world. And in the military, because especially if you're active duty, um, you just have to put up with people. Like, you spend 24 hours a day with them, and you yell at them, and they get over it magically because they know they're going to have to see you again. Um, and you hang out during your off time um, because everybody's talking about what they're going to do on the off time, you know, when they get off at the end of the day. Um, and it's this very pragmatic kind of relationship building community. Um, you know, you're, you're friends because you have to be. Um, and that leads to far more enriching, I think, relationships than I've encountered in the civilian world where people will ghost you or, um, you know, you need help. And the first instinct isn't to come help you, um, but it's to run away if that help may be a risk to them. In the military, I remember there's this guy in basic that I, I hated. And he wasn't my biggest fan either. Um, but I remember when we got our first passes, he got in some trouble at a bar or a club or something. And my first instinct was like, where's this fucker who, you know, pissed off or stepped on his... I don't know what the hell happened. I can't remember. But, like, this guy who, like, when you step back and you're in your own little, like, mindset, it's like, no, I'm not going to help this guy. I hope he gets his ass beat. But my first instinct was like, no, he needs my help. Um, and this is exactly what we're being trained to do. That I mean, that part didn't enter my mind. My, it's became instinctual. Um, and so I think that helps me understand these moments when Jesus is exasperated and he doesn't hide it because friends don't hide how they feel toward one another. They're, they express it and they're able to receive it. Um, I don't know if I ever wrote about this, but I think the most, um, uh, I don't know, inspiring representation of friendship for me was in the big Lebowski and it isn't Donnie kind of beat Donnie up. Although at the end it was really nice. Um, uh, uh, John Goodman's character, God, I can never remember his name, the Vietnam vet and the dude were talking on the phone and you're, you're in the room with the dude and you can't hear really what's on the other end of the line. And the dude is like cursing out Goodman's character. Donnie, the dude, I cannot remember his name. Anyway, He's cursing the eyes that you're a fucking asshole and da 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 da. And there's a, a brief pause, and the dude says, Yeah, I'll be at bowling practice on Tuesday. It's like, it's okay to yell at one another. And that doesn't mean, like, I'm going to recede into myself and, you know, pretend like my feelings are more important than our relationship. Uh, these feelings I had for this guy that I hated, like, that didn't get in the way of me being ready to step up for him. Um, Jesus, when he comes down from the mountaintop, 
maybe the last thing he wants to do is maybe he's introverting out and he doesn't want to have to deal with anybody. Um, but that doesn't get in the way of him healing the person. In fact, he says, um, you know, bring your son here. And um, he rebukes the unclean spirit. He heals the boy and gives him back to his father. All were down at the great and God and everybody moves on. Um, this, none of what Jesus feels, whether or not he wants to introvert out when he gets down to the bottom of the mountain or whatever it is that he wants to do, not only does that not get in the way of what he's come here to do, which is um, help the blind see, heal the sick, feed the hungry, that doesn't get in the way. Emotions are totally appropriate. Um, in fact, they, they are, I think they're, they're necessary. I think Jesus needs to be honest with um, where he's at, just like everybody else does. But that shouldn't get in the way of um, being the the people that we're called to be, um, that you can display and receive emotions without those emotions attacking, attaching to your character. I mean, clearly there's a one-time outburst and we still think of Jesus as this gentle shepherd. Um, I think that's fine. I think it's a reminder to be open and honest and transparent with one another and um, that it's okay to be kind of um, short-tempered every now and then as long as that isn't, doesn't happen so often that that's, that, that becomes who you are, um, but that those things are okay. Greater Love, a poem by Wilfred Owen. Red lips are not so red as the stained stones kissed by the English dead. Kindness of wooed and war seems shame to their pure love. O love, your eyes lose lure when I behold eyes blinded in my stead. Your slender attitude trembles not exquisite like limbs knife-skewed, rolling and rolling there where God seems not to care, till the fierce love they bear cramps them in death's extreme decrepitude. Your voice sings not so soft, though even as wind murmuring through raftered loft, your dear voice is not dear, gentle and evening clear, as theirs whom none now hear. Now earth has stopped their piteous mouths that coughed. Heart, you were never hot, nor large, nor full like hearts made great with shot. And though your hand be pale, paler are all which trail your cross through flame and hail. Weep, you may weep, for you may touch them not. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way.
Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.